0: Bless your heart, you've jumped in headfirst and you've forgotten the news. What's the news?
1: The Dropback, with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak and Joe Costanzo. Hello
0: and welcome back to The Dropback Podcast podcast. I'm your host this week, Matt. I'm back from a bit of a sabbatical, but I know you guys have missed me loads. Bin comments aside, I'm joined down the line by the one the only Samuel Lewis. How's it going, Sammy? Hey, Matt. Um, yeah, it's great to have you back. Yeah, I, I could really tell that you guys missed me loads. And Stan Wilson, how's it going, mate?
1: Yeah, it's going well. Welcome back, Matt.
0: Cheers, boys. We've got a lot to cover this week. Week four is in the books. We had 15 fantastic NFL games if you were tuning in on Sunday hoping to see some Tennessee Titans and Steelers football then you're gonna to have to put the beers back in the fridge until week seven because it's been postponed um, however, I, like the, last... I like
2: the idea that people just aren't going to watch any football in the meantime
0: no way even, t- even time,
2: Titans and Steelers fans <laughs> they're not going to watch the other games just wait till no, week seven I'm going to watch seven. it in the right order yeah as it was supposed to be scheduled <laughs>
0: But yeah, first things first. Let's get into a bit of news and the possibly the least surprising firing of all time in uh, the Texans finally letting go of. I mean, if it had been any other organization, it would be not surprising at all. But because it's the tech, the Texans, they actually did it. Bill O'Brien is a gone man. What do we Wait. think of that one, chaps?
1: Oh, it's great news for like Deshaun Watson. His career as a whole, like he's just signed a massive contract to keep him tight, the Texans through like a number of years and he was never going to win anything with Bill O'Brien there and at least um, I imagine they'll hire a new head coach this off-season and it gives them a chance to sort of rebuild and try and Mm. fix the mess that Bill Bill O'Brien created if that's even possible I mean he's left
2: them in a great position to rebuild no draft picks in the first two rounds (laughs) David Johnson who they can cut and save about 7 mil but they don't even have a lot of flexibility in the cap so I don't envy whichever GM and head coach comes into this role Oh, that's very um, yeah. yeah. Did, I mean, is both. this
0: is this possibly? I mean, obviously, Deshaun Watson aside, because Deshaun Watson is a fantastic QB, and he's the sort of player you can build a franchise around. But that aside, is this the worst situation for a new head coach to come into in that we've seen in a while? Because, yeah. like I said, no draft picks, loads of cap issues, despite not having a very good team. Like,
1: what can you do with
0: that? That's that's well, that's a big
1: job. I think you have to do what they're doing sort of similar in Jacksonville at the moment. You have to literally just get rid of everyone, get rid of everyone who doesn't want to be there, get rid of the expensive contracts that you can can afford to shift. Tear it. you're just going yeah, you're gonna have to spend a couple years of just not being a good football team. And Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, will win you a few games here and there. But apart from that, they're gonna they're gonna really, really struggle for the next two years and then whoever their new head coach and new GM is.
2: I think the one good thing is that whoever the new gm is he do- he's not tied to the moves that bill o'brien made so brandon cooks and david mm. johnson are the two that you have to cut or get rid of somehow because they're big money on the books but don't really have a whole lot of dead cap if you shift them after this season yeah. so there's a little bit of maneuverability but it's bringing in new players to replace them That's going to be the real struggle for them
1: yeah do you think that um, brandon cooks could be a potential trade target for one of the um one of the higher teams looking to push for the playoffs I mean, maybe.
2: He's he's collected a lot of draft value over the years. He's gone for, what, a couple of first-round picks in a second as well. So teams is, obviously value yeah. him. So you could get a third or a fourth and maybe package something to move up to the second round to help Watson a bit, but it's going to be a tough project.
0: For sure. Um, I find Brandon Cook's a really interesting one because, like you said, he seems to have managed to move here, there and everywhere for quite a lot of draft capital without ever really being like an outstanding top top five top ten receiver in, in my opinion anyway i'm surprised that there's been so much movement for for him so i i, I don't I, I don't know if they're going to be able to if that's going to be something where teams are going to actively try and trade from again because he hasn't
2: been that successful outside of the pats wouldn't you say uh he was good at, really good at the saints and he did, mm, and he acted true. his role as a deep threat in that Rams offense. I think they just felt comfortable in what they had to let him go. So a team that loses their down the field guy and they're in the race of the playoffs feel they could compete, maybe. But like you said, he he doesn't have a whole lot of consistency, and he does have a big concussion issue as well.
0: Yeah, which is not a formula for long term success, unfortunately. Um, well, yeah, I mean we're moving on from Bill O'Brien, who has been fired, to potentially a coach who should be fired or will most likely be the next firing um let's talk about Dan Quinn and the Falcons and we haven't been it's fair to say very impressed with them this season have we lads
1: no not at all the Falcons are just disappointed they're wasting the the massive contract that Matt Ryan's on If you're paying a quarterback that amount of money you've got to make sure your team is ready to win and win now and they're not going to do that with that defense this season they've allowed a 72 percent completion rate against opposition quarterbacks and that, that for me just jumps off the page instantly and just shows that they can't they can't play essentially they're not no. they're not up to scratch they they're not going to win any games like that and they haven't won any games like that. I
0: really struggle with with the Falcons and it's annoying because it, they flatter to deceive. I feel every off season because you look at the offense and you think Julio Jones, top five wide receiver, has been for the Last seven or eight years. Matt Matt Ryan consistently high performer at quarterback. You know, they've added good pieces. Calvin Ridley looked good last season and for stretches this season. Todd Gurley, we all said was quite a good pickup and quite a savvy, you know. He has actually been pretty good for them as well. He has, yeah, he has. But I mean, it for to say Dan Quinn's a defensive coach, that defense has been shocking for so long. Mm. Um, like you, you I don't understand how you can be a defensive coach, have a defense that's this bad and still
1: be able to to keep your job. I mean, like... This year, they've hit an all-time low as well. They lost um, Devondre Campbell. They've lost Desmond Truffaut. They don't have a number one corner at the moment. And mm. yeah, they're going to struggle. They're really going to struggle this season. And the 0-4, this could only be the tip of the iceberg for them. They're going to really struggle to win games.
2: It's hard to defend for Dan Quinn as well, because even if you say, right, as a head coach, your guy is to manage the building and not worry about the defence, in which case he can sort of palm off some of the blame for the failing defense maybe get a new dc in but the whole falcons organization has been failing we've talked to death about the amount of times they've given away big games in his tenure oh. so i don't understand what he's actually giving them exactly really. they, they don't have
0: like a winning culture or anything they're i mean to the extent where they have become an internet joke they're just renowned for being bottleless to be honest like and I mean e- e- even down to you you know look at stats they're the 22nd worst team at third downs defensively when when it's crucial moments in the games on the line they fluff the they fluff their lines and they have done consistently and worryingly ridiculously often of late as well so you know if you're looking at a head coach who's meant to set the culture set the standard there is no standard at Falcons at the moment
1: yeah, and I think having Dan Quinn stand in the building, that whole, um, his whole entourage that he's brought with him, it sort of leaves something in the back of the player's head and it, it keeps that culture or the, the mindset of we could choke this game. And you see it time and time again. It's almost like it's just a never-ending circle for the Falcons. They just keep on choking games. I know this is what you said a couple of weeks ago, Slew, that maybe they just need a change of scene, a change of shape around that organisation.
2: That just highlights the point, though, doesn't it? That I said that two weeks ago and they've had another similar result the week after we're looking at them now 0 and 4 and what must be so frustrating as well is that division is almost for the taking with the talent that yeah. they have if they had a competent coaching staff or head coach at the very least yeah i mean when we looked at when we did our preseason rankings and we looked at the division
0: i think we all said that the falcons there is a potential it's a very open division and the falcons if they could put a, a good string of results together could find themselves in a position to to win that division even. And I mean, that just looks day and night compared to what we've seen from them at the start of the season.
2: Mm. And similarly, we also said the same thing about the Texans as well. Joe was yeah. the only one. I remember what I was ridiculing him when we, he said that the Jags were a significantly better team than the Texans. And we we're not having that at all. We basically all said that they were 8-8 eight and eight as a floor, probably pushed for a playoff slot. And do you think that's probably the reason why O'Brien is the first one to go, maybe before Adam Gase?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's because of the fact that, despite Ooh. the fact they've gotten an elite talent and Deshaun Watson, they still haven't been able to win games.
0: I do think Adam Gase will... I think
1: his time will come,
0: the... the... Guys are less pleased about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I genuinely can't, without smiling, talk about. It's bad because it's a man losing his job. But I, I genuinely.
2: <laughs> but at the same time, he's affecting 53 men and more's careers. So true. If it's one true. man versus 53 plus wherever the practice squad number is at the moment, you can't have that much sympathy for him, and he's had enough chances. Yeah, and oh, it's just yeah. painful to watch. It just
0: makes football boring. For an offensive offensive coach to make football boring, you have to try really fucking
1: hard. Um, he really has. He's ruined the career of Sam Darnold, which he came he came out of USC as like a promising QB prospect. Son had him touted as the Trunky. number one. Yeah, the number one guy, but he's just he's, he's had nothing of a career so far because of Adam Gase. It's just hard to
2: see. And it's hard to tell how much of that is Gase and how much of it is Donald's just not worth the hype. Matt, I know you're against it. And the the thing is, he has shown these flashes, but all sorts of players show flashes throughout the time and then you expect them to take that next step. I think Hmm. people are clinging to these flashes saying, look, this is who Sam Donald can be. Whereas all the evidence, yes, it's skewed by Adam Gase, points to the other direction, unfortunately. He reminds me a lot, Sam Donald, of
0: you know, we, we said this in coming out, they were very similar, him and Josh Allen, another quarterback that we're going to obviously talk about in a bit more detail shortly, but they seem to show these flashes when the play breaks down that, you know, they can make a, a, the really difficult throw or they can, they can you know, thread the needle and they can improvise and adapt and, and, and extend the play. But we haven't seen enough from Sam Darnold of performing when it's, you know, the play goes to goes to plan. The, well, the, then
2: maybe the... that is the issue. Maybe you're absolutely correct that it's impossible to... Perform to a high level while operating inside of Adam GaSe's system, and it's when yeah. he improvises, does things off kilter that he is able to provide those flashes.
1: Yeah, one thing I've noticed on tape from that and that Adam Gates offense is the fact that he hasn't created it to be friendly for like a what is well, in my eyes, Sam Donald still plays like a rookie quarterback. He hasn't created an offense to suit him. He hasn't given him the, like the easy checkdowns, the dump offs, the little outlets to help a young quarterback. It's it's not helping Sam Darnold and they're not going to win the double games with it.
2: Yeah, and they've also put them in so many situations when they're in third and long and it's obviously past situations. Matt, I remember you talking about this when he was at the Dolphins, the amount oh. of times he'd just do draw plays or run up the middle on second and long for Honestly. absolutely no reason and the amount of times you're in third and seven, third and eight. It, you can't succeed doing that.
0: When you're watching your offence play and it's a third and long and you see a draw play, how soul-crushing is that moment of just... Abject giving up of just like yeah we're not we're not even gonna try and get the first down let's try and get three yards for a punter it was just depressing um, and you know, it's an interesting point you said there Stan about you know he doesn't give, he doesn't make it easy for the quarterbacks so he had a similar thing with Tannehill at the Dolphins you know Tannehill you know was a serviceable quarterback but every everyone on the planet knew that his deep ball was iffy and he struggled a lot with deep accuracy yet Adam Gaze had him quite often going for early deep shots and then we'd end up in third and long and then people start pointing fingers at the quarterback and it's like well hold on a second if you're designing plays where it you know it's touchdown or literally no checkdown, mm, yeah and you've got a quarterback that that can't make those throws
2: yeah the deep shots that Tannehill takes now are off the play actions on early downs when exactly. it seems like run situations so i don't know it just seems strange that gaze for all his expertise and experience hasn't grasped how to call an nfl offense
1: What's been clear over the last couple of seasons is the fact that the most successful offensive minds are the ones who can tailor their scheme to their quarterback, not picking the perfect quarterback for their scheme. And Adam Gase clearly hasn't been doing that from what you just said about what he's done with Hannah Hill when he was at the Dolphins, from what he's done with Darnold at the Jets. He's not a good offensive coordinator because he can't do that for his quarterback. And that's the prime reason why he needs to be fired. Yeah, hundred percent
0: agree. Well, let's move on and talk about you know maybe some offenses that that are functioning. And you know, I think we mentioned in terms of teams that we've been surprised by. The Panthers have looked pretty good so far, Shep, Have they not?
1: Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's been everything that the Panthers hoped he would be and more. He's obviously recovered from the injury that he faced when he was with the with the Vikings. And now he's leading a he's leading a Panthers offense that's looking incredibly confident without um, Christian McCaffrey in there.
0: And I feel like with the Panthers, well, obviously the, the big chat around the Panthers, we weren't expecting a huge amount from it this season. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey goes down and you suddenly fear, oh God, what's, what's this season going to end up like? But, you know, to be fair to them, they've held their own and, and watching their offense, it does feel like, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater seems pretty comfortable in what they're doing. I think it, it seems to suit the players that they have at the moment quite well.
1: No, it really does. And um. If you just look at what they've done with and without Christian McCaffrey, they're zero and two with Christian McCaffrey and two and zero without Christian McCaffrey. It's 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 really bizarre. But Mike Davis has done a great job with Bonifon in that backfield. They had a great great performance against the Cardinals and the wide receiver core too is highly highly underrated.
2: Robbie but Anderson, it, particular, has been surprising in that one.
1: Yeah, Robbie Anderson's had a great season so far, and he's had he's formed a piece from the great chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, tell you what, he has no
0: idea what Sweet Caroline is, but he can. He's he's looked good catching the football, um, and I I mean I've got to hold my hands up but when they signed Roby Anderson, you know, having had some experience of him obviously playing in in the same division as the Dolphins, I didn't, you know, I wasn't particularly, him. I thought he was okay, but he's he's really impressed me so far this season, and he, he's showing that he can be that like big receiver that 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 the Panthers
2: need he seemed like an odd fit in the sense Mm. that he was just a burner a guy that's going to run that go route and that doesn't really suit with Teddy's skill set on paper but you're right he's either improved as a receiver or Teddy's got a bit more confident in himself I still don't think that Bridgewater's the answer long term I think I think you are capped with what you can achieve on offense with him you need a stronger stronger defense which they have been improving on Derek Brown's an absolute monster he's a great pick Mm. But I just think if you get into those shootouts, then Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to be a guy that wins you those games. And that might be a bit hard um, just based on what I'm seeing so far.
1: I think it is a bit harsh. I think Teddy Bridgewater's been sufficient so far. He's been an above average NFL quarterback if you look at it if you look at things. <sighs> it's really difficult because obviously they're, they're a team that's rebuilding. They've lost quite a few key pieces. They lost Greg Olson. They lost Luke Keekley. They they're not they're not a massively strong team. And so, just going forward, I think Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is the answer short term over the next two or three seasons. But you, you are going to have to draft a, a, a proper quarterback, like in a what you could, what you believe could one day be an elite quarterback in one of the upcoming drafts. Because yeah, Teddy Bridgewater yeah. does cap what they can do, but for now, he's he's more than fine.
0: Well, chaps, the 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 good thing about Joe not being here is because he would be currently trying to Ram P J Walker down our down our. <laughs> for no, he's definitely
2: an upgrade over P J <laughs> Walker. Yeah, but you know. <laughs>
0: We, thankfully, we'll have no PJ Walker chat this week, Mister Joe. Um, speaking of quarterbacks that can win you games and has, you know, has that it factor, Josh Allen, for the Bills. As much as it pains me to say it, has been absolutely fantastic this season, and in my opinion, is currently a top five quarterback in the league. I've been so impressed with with how he's done. Yes, he's had a few fumbling issues, but you know. He he sort of makes up for it with the plays that you know, the the hard running plays that he makes. I mean he's he's twelve to one in, in touchdown to interception. That Bill's offense
2: is scary that, good at the moment. Also that interception should never have counted because he got attacked by the face mask as he was throwing it. So attacked. Yeah. I think if Aaron Donald's anywhere near you, then attacked pretty much is yeah, the actually, correct term. Definitely. Yeah.
1: That's fair play been really impressive with what Josh Allen's been doing this year like he's cleaned up his mechanics a lot from last year his accuracy is mm. much much improved as a direct result with that and the scheme that Brian Dable built around him is just it's really really fun to watch they've got a lot of pre-snap motions lots of runners going around behind the line of scrimmage and just a lot of misdirections it keeps the linebackers honest it keeps them playing not too deep not too close to the line of scrimmage and it allows Dable and Allen just to completely manipulate the defence they face week to week and it's, it's just really really fun to watch
2: He's definitely working his way into a head coaching candidacy, probably at the end of this season, definitely by the end of next, if they keep improving the way, rate they are. Also, Stefan Diggs has been a fantastic addition to that. Yeah. He just adds a different element and level of receiver play, because John Brown and Cole Beasley are good, but Diggs is an X factor that they have on this field, and he will make huge plays.
1: Um, best trade, in the probably one of the one of the best trades in the last decade, for sure. He's just had an instant impact on the field. He's that number one threat they just didn't have last year. Like John Brown's great. Cole Beasley's great. And they, they continue to like deliver for the Bills. But yeah, they just lack that number one target. And they've got that in Diggs. And it's really showing up on the box score at the moment. Mm.
2: The frightening thing yeah. about the Bills is if Josh... I don't want to criticise him because he has been so great. But there are things that he can work on to get even better. Like yeah. watching him. And I'm not talking about level of play or anything. Because he's obviously been far superior but some of the mistakes he makes are quite Carson Wentz-esque in the way that he holds on to the ball that little bit too long trying to make a play that isn't quite there when he should really just throw the ball away he yeah. knocked himself out of field goal range a couple of times against the was it the Raiders they played this week
1: yeah yep.
2: and the, I think there was a dropped um he tripped on a drop back or something like that and tried to hand the ball off when he really just got a fall on the ball and live to see yeah. another play so if he cleans up that mental side of the game a bit more and stops trying to do everything, then the sky's the limit for Josh
1: Allen. Yeah. And those are things that will come with time as well, because this is only like his third season in the league, is it? And Yeah. Yeah, his third season in the league and it'll just come with time. And yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I must admit when they traded for Stefan Diggs and, you know, again, it was something we covered in, in the our pre-season uh, previews. Um, I was Unsure of how that would work, the, the Diggs-Allen connection, because there were still those question marks about Allen's accuracy. But, I mean, completely fair play to both of them. Stefan Diggs, like I said, looks like an absolute game changer and, and Allen's accuracy is much improved. So, you know, you can't really argue with it, to be
2: honest. It's actually one of those trades as well that have worked for both teams. We hmm. criticised the Vikings as well, saying, oh, yeah, you've got a lot there, but you have lost a superstar. Justin Jefferson's been fantastic for them as well. I think he's probably better for the Vikings at the moment in a team that doesn't look like they're trying to win now and mm. they're not as heavily reliant on Jefferson, whereas I think Diggs is better suited for the Bills where he's the guy and yeah, they're, exactly. they're in that situation where Josh Allen's in that rookie win- rookie contract window and they feel they can make a serious shot at it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean with the Vikings, their defence, as you guys spoke about previous weeks, is an absolute sieve, so... You, you can't really blame Justin Jefferson Jeff and the stuff for that, but you know, like I said, Justin Jeff Jefferson's looked really good. Potentially, could have been a, a sneaky good pick for your Oogles, Mister mm. slew But uh,
2: I don't think there's been an issue with Jalen Ray. when he's been on the field, he's been good. I mean, a torn thumb ligament is not really—it's a freak accident kind of thing. It's not something mm. that can be controlled.
0: How hard do you have to be typing to tear a thumb ligament? Those. Is... Good God! I think it's typing right spacebar. You'll be yeah. working that spacebar pretty hard. Yeah, sending really angry email. Mm. I
2: think that I think that constitutes a team that Stan was wrong about because if I do remember correctly, the rest of us picked the Packers in that division, and Stan Ooh. was certain
1: that the Vikings would win the NFC North. Oh, uh, I was wrong. I thought <laughs> I, I thought the Vikings with another year like in that offense and that scheme would just have an have an absolute year for themselves, but yeah, I didn't.
0: Unfortunately, Stan, <sighs> yeah. the cheese—the cheese
1: has come home to roost, my friend—and you. Yeah, were... I, I, un- I underestimated the strength of the Packers, and I will hold my hands up, and then I'll admit that. But yeah, the Packers have been outstanding, to be fair. Yeah. To them.
2: Maybe it was Kevin Stefanski, the secret ingredient in that Vikings offense. Maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, it was. I think I think it's because the fact that they're permanently playing from behind that it just damages their play style. Yeah, that is tough. they one of the, they are 100% one of those teams that you know
0: if they're not in control of the clock and the ball, they're going to struggle to, to respond
1: yeah. to quick scores, aren't they? Their entire, their entire offence is literally just on Dalvin Cook's back, to be honest.
2: But that shows the yeah. issue with that sort of offensive scheme anyway. Yeah. But you, if you can't play from ahead or behind, then your scheme or your way of coaching isn't good enough.
1: Or your quarterback mm. isn't good enough. Yeah. Which I think is the situation they've got in Minnesota at the moment with um, Kirk Cousins. Wow. Wow.
0: Doesn't Stan doesn't like that. Oh, I don't. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, talking of, you know, teams with terrible defenses as well. Um, yet again, the Dallas Cowboys defense basically just didn't turn up for they
1: really didn't.
0: Like they might as well just stayed on the fucking bus. They were absolutely appalling this week. What did you guys think of it?
1: Um, Daryl Worley may be one of the worst cornerbacks I've ever seen in my entire life. He spent the entire um, he spent the entire 60 minutes of game time just getting screwed by Adele Beckham.
2: Mm.
1: Like that that's how it ended up. And then you, when it gets to the point that your top corners are Darrell Worley and uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know you've got problems.
0: Mm. I mean to be fair to to be fair to Trayvon Diggs, I mean rookie he is rookie, isn't he? Yeah, he was that yeah, yeah. came out this came out this week? This not this week. This year, um, we probably wish he didn't come out this week. Um, yeah, I mean you, that you do have to sort of give him a little bit of a leeway because he's been thrust into that starting role with a minimal preseason, minimal preparation. It's it's a tough gig, but I mean, as a unit, that Cowboys defense has just been awful. I mean, like you said, Odell Beckham absolutely tore him to shreds, and on that that fifty yard, um, touchdown scramble, I mean. We're watching it we even called it out I mean the over pursuit was just horrendous it was it's like schoolboy defensive errors leading yeah, to these big plays
1: I mean to be fair they're missing Leighton van der Esch and like they're missing Byron Jones who they lost in free agency But I'm not yeah, sure how much just... of a
2: help that was I think Leighton van der Esch is pretty overrated after his rookie year the most missed tackles in the league last year mm. he's, no, he's I... not.
1: As, he's not actually
2: as good as people think he is
1: no, I mean in in terms of the fact that you've got a back out linebacker on the field is so obviously not the experience. Whether you rate Leighton Bandersh or not, yeah. It was really clear that defence was just inexperienced and, mm. and didn't know what they were doing.
2: It also may have been a mistake moving Jalen Smith into that Mike linebacker role because he looks worse than he ever has done. Oh he season. doesn't look awful. comfortable. He doesn't, doesn't look really comfortable bad. at all. I don't know if he doesn't know the scheme well enough and they're just better off having him in that seaball chase ball kind of role, but Something's wrong there, and maybe they shouldn't have paid him over Dak Prescott. Maybe, maybe going in that shouldn't have been the Ooh. answer.
1: Oh, Dak is yeah, flipping onto the other side of the ball. Dak Prescott has looked absolutely phenomenal this year. He started for 450 yards in three straight games, which is an NFL record. And some of the throws he made in the, that game against the Browns were absolutely phenomenal. Um, there was a throw to Mari Cooper, I think, it was in, the first, yeah. in the first quarterback. There was there, it was um, one high man, and the safety was came crashing down. He trying to jump, trying to jump the route, and he just he fit it in the window between the cornerback and the safety, and it was just yeah. an absolutely phenomenal throw. And he's 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 been delivering throws like that on the money time and time again.
0: I guess the worrying thing as well is that he's had to right, like they've been in positions where they need to score super super quickly so often mm. that you yeah. are seeing him put up these incredible numbers. And I mean, first Dak Prescott can only do what what he can do. It's on the other side of the ball to to sort it out because the yeah. Cowboys' offense has looked pretty good in spots. I mean, they have been... Yeah,
2: I think they've been helped out by the fact that defences have been playing almost conservatively in the second mm-hmm. half of games, but don't take away from how well Dak's been playing. The issue is, you look at this, the box score and it seems like a reasonably close game, but up until with like three minutes left, the Cowboys were never in this game. And then the moment they were in this game, they decided to not tackle Odell Beckham Jr. and he put them straight back out of the game again.
1: Yeah. And part yeah. of the reason part of the reason of that is because they just can't run the ball because of the fact they they're they're playing from behind quite a lot and the O line isn't what it used to be. Their are right tackle at the moment, Terrence Steele, absolutely garbage. Then I think they brought in Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight to replace him halfway through the game. Exactly the same. They're honestly they're like they're like turnstiles for like when they're guarding Dak Prescott, and they're not allowed to they they're not able to release Zeke. For for the yards that he could ha- he could potentially put up in a game because they're permanently from playing from behind. In um Sunday's game, they had 55 rushing yards in the first half, which is absolutely unheard of for a Cowboys team.
0: It does seem like with these their O line struggles, like we've for it seems like quite a while now associated the Cowboys with you know strong O line play and and having they they had for a period possibly the best O line in the league. So to now be in the situation where like I said, it is like a revolving door at times, and and they can't get the run game going. I mean, I'm not surprised that they they find themselves in troubling situations.
1: Yeah, they need to rejuvenate that O line quickly because that's that's what that's the what underpins their entire offense, and without that, they are nothing. Mm. I mean, their I D mean, line
2: hasn't been much better either, especially no. the D tackles. Like the Browns gashed them, and that was even after Nick Chubb left the game. So, absolutely no excuse for that game. That was the game that they. Looking at the matchups, what the Browns do well, they probably should have beaten the Browns. I mean, Matt, I know you picked them to win, but on paper, they are a more talented team, and those are the games they need to be winning if they want to go far this season. Actually, to be fair, they probably only need to win five games. Yeah, I mean, that's the other
0: part of this: is how much of an effect is the fact that the Brown- that the um, Cowboys are struggling so much, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They could. There is a very real possibility that, despite their atrocious defense. They could still finish with a division title.
1: Such well, has been state of the state That's because it's the NFC East. Mm-hmm. NFC East. Um, yeah, the, Browns, the big takeaway from this game for me is that the Browns' eye line is absolutely phenomenal. They're just absolute maulers. They get the job done. And the work that's been done to improve at the offseason has been it's been amazing. Um, What also showed for me was that when Nick Chubb came out with injury, Dearness Johnson... Came into the game, proved he was more than capable behind the O line, and him and Kareem Hunt carried on to just carry carry the team to the victory.
0: How about that for a sneaky wave wire, or, or even just flout for agent pickup for a uh,
2: fantasy, Dearness Johnson. Unless you've got the net number one pick on the waiver wire, or the guy the number one pick is useless. There's no way you can pick him up.
0: Mm. He's gonna be gone. Right. Well,
2: let's. Shall we move on to week five? And some pretty tasty matchups. I was just yeah. while we're on while we're on the Cowboys, if they continue mm-hmm. to be as bad as they are, does Mike McCarthy get a second season in Dallas?
1: Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. Fine. The offense has been fine. That's what he's in charge of. They need a new DC, but it's not is least. he
2: because Kellen Moore's the play caller.
1: Well, that's hmm. true. <laughs> that's true. But they've in, they've, impre- they've in, implemented his offense though. It's just Kellen Moore that's on the plays. It's like a hybrid between the two offenses, which hmm. are admittedly are very similar. But no, the DC needs to go, and yeah. the GM needs to put in a lot of effort, or Jerry Jones needs to put in a lot of effort, into upgrading that defence in the draft and cost free agency, because otherwise they're going to waste this this absolute stacked roster that they have.
2: I mean, to be fair, Travis Frederick retiring didn't help. And what, did their starting Ooh. right tackle, did he get injured? And that's why they've got these two now. Or these um, two, the two they went through the season so. with. Leo Collins.
1: Yeah. Did he, is uh, he injured? Is that... He's either injured or he slid over to left tackle.
2: No, because Thingy will be left tackle, won't he?
1: Or Tyrone Smith? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he must be injured then because yeah, the the, the replacement right tackles were just they were they were matched up against Miles Garrett as well for some of the mm. plays, and it was it was embarrassing to watch.
2: Yeah, Lyle Collins' um, hip injury to miss the rest of the season. Oh wow! I'll tell you what, looking at that, I don't actually. I'm not actually terrified of our chances now going up as an Eagles fan going up against the Cowboys because our D line has at least been good this year. And I've true, and if they can't protect Dak, the usually thing that ruins us in those games is that Zeke runs all over us. Yeah, so even when we have a good run defense, it doesn't quite make sense. So if that's not working for Dallas, I'm not terrified going to this matchup as I was a couple uh. of weeks ago.
1: Dak will tear you up Dak's been playing phenomenally this season I'd back him to like completely tear up the Eagles defence he can do it against the Browns he's he's only three weeks alright yeah fair enough
0: be
2: a fun game though I'm just less pessimistic Stan give me that we won a game (laughs) no shut it down early
0: doors Stan he must be sad (laughs) you've had
1: had your one bit of the season
0: yeah, exactly. Which I called you. Very welcome, Slew. I spoke it into existence for you, my mm. my friend. Well as done, I was...
1: Matt.
2: So, starting to be very condescending for a guy whose team is only one tied game ahead of the Eagles.
1: Ow. Hey, we've got p- <laughs> we've got potential in the future, though. You've just got a team with no cap. Brap. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, at least our issues are fixable. Our issues stem from the fact that Cliff Kingsbury keeps on calling play calls that involves swinging the ball to the left and then to the right and then back to the left again rather than using the deep threats that we have. So that's easily fixable and he said he's going to fix it. He Is said how's, it, how's, it
2: how's it fixable? Yeah. Because he's done that for two weeks in a row now. Yeah. Hey, he
1: said at a press conference, he said he didn't really know why he was doing it. So... A, how does that fill you with any confidence is that no, what you actually right, said yeah you've completely he, won this that's argument that's what he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said I, don't I really was calling plays at. I was
0: calling plays an NFL game and I didn't really know what I was doing it to be honest just I just <laughs> shut my eyes and pointed at
2: one yeah just shits and but gigs I
1: the same one over and over again it was literally just swing passes out to the, like on, over screens and stuff it was run it again to watch. Yeah. run it again same run play again. just
2: flip it mate they'll never see it coming <laughs>
1: That's what it was like. It got nice. to like th- it was third and long or something in the fourth quarter. We were behind, and he decided to sc- call a screen pass to DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. It's just. <sighs>
0: I'm guessing. I'm guessing that honeymoon period is is fully over now with Cl- Cliff Kinsbury for you, Stan.
1: Um, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm he's got a nice week.
0: house, so maybe give him another <laughs> few weeks.
1: We don't know. He didn't rent
0: that house just for the draft. If he's rented that house just for the draft or for that for that one Instagram
1: picture, then. Slow. He's a baller. Like he's a baller. It's it's definitely his house. But like, you saw playing... the fire pit. Yeah, we're playing the Jets this week, though. So that's a perfect game to try and like throw the ball downfield, maybe. I mean, it's an automatic dub, is
0: what it is. Um, maybe,
1: please, please,
0: please. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Speaking of some week five, some tasty week five matchups. Let's talk about our game of the week for this week, chaps. Um, and we've gone with the Charges against the Saints, haven't we? What's enticing about this matchup for you
2: guys, Justin What's... Herbert? Is enticing about this matchup. He correct. is correct to watch. He is, and I hate it because I was so, I was so
0: certain that he was not going to be good at, at the NFL level, and he is.
2: And maybe he's... if Josh, maybe if Josh Allen had had his breakout year last year, we'd have been a little bit higher on Justin Herbert. Potentially, I don't know.
1: I don't know. The thing that really just stood out to me when he was at Oregon was the fact that he was a he was a one or two read guy. As soon as he went through his reads further and further, his footwork got worse, his accuracy got worse, and he really struggled against some really weak defenses that he shouldn't have. But he's clearly corrected that this season. The only thing that I would say is that he only threw he only attempted twenty five passes in his in his game against the Bucks on Sunday, he completed twenty of them. But what's going to happen when he's going to have to throw the ball more in a game now that Austin Eckler's injured? Will he still be able to put mm. the same results? Just, just throwing that out there. That's yeah, that, I mean that's we'll an out. interesting one. When, when because obviously
0: Eckler will be a, a big miss. They have got some capable backs behind him. Um, you know, Josh Kelly's been been really good. Um, but yeah, it will be. I, I mean, I kind of hope that this game becomes a bit of a shootout because it would be nice to see you know Herbert in that situation. Like you said, Stan, having to throw the ball more. Um, and I mean, it's not out of the question with with the two offenses that these two teams have. Obviously, you know, there is obviously we've still got question mark about Breeze and his sort of arm strength and stuff. But Kamara has looked great so far this season. Um, so I think there's quite a few sort of fun pieces on both offenses here.
1: Yeah, I think it's what's going to be really hard for the Chargers Perhaps is the fact that Ryan Beluga is currently questionable. His backup Storm Norton is also questionable. Great, great name. Yeah, you've got great. you've got you've got Trey Turner, who's also questionable, and you've got Mike Williams, who's also questionable, and that's mm. that's instantly that's a lot of their offense that's instantly just perhaps out for the game. And if if they can make make the game on Sunday, then great. But if not, then I worry. I'd worry a lot for the Chargers.
2: I know. I take um offensive linemen being questionable with a pinch of salt at this point of the year because it seems that at least four or five for every team is in that state so it's hard to know what questionable really means if they're mm, questionable yeah. at the beginning of the week they're usually, usually all right but, and with the Mike Williams thing Herbert was throwing absolute bombs to people I'd never heard of before so, that is true Mike Williams doesn't worry me as much as those two tackles that you mentioned
1: yeah, yeah that's true um, and also, he stopped forcing the ball to Keenan Allen as much, which has improved his stats a lot. He's fallen into, well, over the first three weeks of his career in the NFL, he fell into the typical rookie trap of just forcing the ball to the number one receiver, to the star receiver that is Keenan yeah. Allen. And he he almost, I think he was third or fourth in the league in targets, but he was nowhere near that in terms of reception, y- receiving guards. And that, yeah, just shows that he's been t- been forcing the ball in. But he, he stopped that now. And he was, yeah, he was 20 of 25 on Sunday, so... Good on you, Justin Herbert.
2: Also, one of the other criticisms of him coming out was that he just throws these short pass in the bubble screens. He was showing that he not only doesn't have a big arm, he's got a lot of touch on it and can mm. hit those receivers in stride deep down the field. So it has been impressive. But like you said, he's a rookie and there have been a few ugly turnovers as well. Yeah, but I think that's to be expected,
1: realistically. Yeah, I do think it's quite unfair criticism of him. I, I, I was guilty of it myself. It's just the sort of offense the Mario Cristobal runs at Oregon. It's just based around short passes, bubble screens. It's so mm. all just pistol based, and yeah. So it was unfair, and he's he's, um, he's proved us all wrong.
2: Also, it's easy that when you see a prospect that you don't necessarily like, it's easier to find all of their flaws. Um yeah.
1: I, th- I think the prejudice the prejudice for me behind in Justin Herbert is just the fact that he was he was highly touted for like three years. That he was in college, and it just and he never stood out on the stat sheet And obviously, I'm not. I'm not an Oregon fan, I don't really watch much Pac twelve football. And so just seeing a guy who was tells us the next big thing in the NFL not put up numbers, it just mm. Mm. it was a bit bit silly of me not to quite not to question like, Don't beat yourself up, Stan. We all we all miss. I yeah, I did, I, did, it, I, did, I did miss on this one. But what I would say is don't don't be so sure on him just yet because he's, he's only three games into his career. So mm. also it's impossible to watch
2: Pac twelve games in the UK because it's on so goddamn late
1: Exactly, so. Yeah.
2: Fuck sake,
1: Pack
0: Twelve! Why can't you put your schedule to suit the UK audience for once? Why can't
1: you move to the East Coast, yeah. or London,
0: the UK? Do that. That <laughs> I mean, I have no idea how that would logistically work in any way, shape, or form. But how fun that would be!
1: Yeah, well, the entire Pack Twelve in
0: London. Entire Pack Twelve in London, week in week out at Wembley. Yeah, All, on... the All the Spurs.
2: Or the Spurs.
0: The Spurs Stadium.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah, we we'll have yeah. the entire Pac-12 in the this first stadium. I'll, I'll they've got a now. cool uh, cool pitch.
0: If you didn't know, that uh, slides out, so they've got an NFL pitch underneath. I didn't know if that was new news or not.
2: No, it's and, been uh... news <laughs> for three years. I think that was first came out. Yeah, I think it has, isn't it? Yeah, they've also got a really big locker room as well, which is uh yeah. Plus, uh, it was plus done to breaking It was done to absolute death when you know the games were at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year that you were actually at? I wasn't Uh, at any of them. I've never been to the Tottenham Stadium. Did I just go with Joe? Were you not there? Yeah, you didn't invite me, you fucking snake. We wouldn't have not not
0: invited you. Are you sure you weren't there? Yeah, no, I'm actually a pretty key ingredient to that whole social dynamic. Uh, No, I must have have been away or something. But no, I,
2: I, I didn't go. I didn't go. And I regret it to this day. Do you know what else you regret pitting the Falcons last week? Because let's get into our... Matt, can have a drum roll. No, is the answer. I tried. Pick them standings. And oh, God. In last place, with a record of 40-22-1, which isn't bad. It's so a winning That's record, to be honest. Telling? No, it's not. It's Matt. Uh, I'd bite my hand off it for to be Joe. <laughs> we're well, only one win behind him he's 41 21 and 1 god, the falcons really let me down didn't they? i'm
1: surprised i'm still top 2 after last
2: week oh my god you're top 2 comfortably top 2 you actually had a better week than joe did you you are 44 16 and 1 have it and you're my only what, you're only one point off the lead 45 17 and 1 is where i'm standing yeah. at the moment I've dropped off Jeez.
1: top spot for the first time all season. Nah, no. First year.
2: First year you, you're wrong about Herbert, then you're wrong about the games. It's it's tough. It's, it's starting to snowball a bit here,
1: Stan Boy. What what's what, your mouth, Slow? Don't you'll go you'll come to regret this. No, nah, it's already re- all
2: right. My my comeuppance is happening in the fantasy league.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mr. Owen
2: four. Oh god. Uh, it's not been good. It's not been it's not, not been, been a fun time
1: for Slew in the old
0: fantasy. But yeah, so there it is, guys. Tune in to watch the uh, Chargers against the Saints. It'll be somewhat of a banger. I mean, I personally think the Chargers could
2: nick this, to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. They're a really good one-and-three team, and I still wasn't that keen on what Drew Brees did against the Lions. They put up 35 points, but his
1: arm still looks trez noodly Trez um, noodly Stan? I'm, I don't know. I, I kind of want to delay my pick to see uh, like about these injuries and stuff, mm-hmm. but you can change That's... your pick before the game. What's he going no, he to can't. to
2: you now? Uh,
1: I don't know. I want to say Saints, but... Chargers? He's unsure, I think, is the consensus. I'm unsure. Right, I'm, I'm really so we'll unsure just we'll thing. just lock
0: in Saints for Stan now, then. That works for
2: us. <laughs> well, I think that will do it for this
0: week, then, guys. Thank you so much for listening at home. If you did enjoy our content, or you do enjoy our content, then please check out our socials. It's at the drop back. On Instagram at the Dropback, on Twitter, and at the Dropback UK on Facebook. Also check out our website, thedropback.com or .co.uk. Um, and recently, our main man Stan did a fantastic interview. Stan, do you want to quickly hype your interview for me?
1: Yeah, yeah sure. um I recently got a chance to interview with the head coach of South Coast Spitfires, a um, black football team. Uh, coach gavin hart gave me an interview and i just questioned him about how he found the the club and the direction he's going in with the future of it which is very exciting
0: awesome so yeah make sure you check out stan's interview it's fantastic listen thanks so much for listening and i've been matt i've been sam i've been stan and we'll catch you next week bye
1: the drop back with sam lewis matt burns peak and joe costanzo I'm sorry for my gross incompetence. There, I said it. Happy now.